This is Still Rowing, a podcast where members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints share their authentic stories of struggle and triumph on their journey of discipleship, and just why they are choosing faith in the restored Church of Jesus Christ. John Hilton III was born in San Francisco and grew up in Seattle. He served a mission in Denver and got a bachelor's degree from Brigham Young University. While there, he met his wife, Lonnie, and they have six children. They have lived in Boise, Boston, Miami, Mexico, Jerusalem, and China. Currently, they live in Utah. John has a master's degree from Harvard and a PhD from BYU, both in education. John is a professor of religious education at BYU. John has published several books with Deseret Book, including Considering the Cross, How Calvary Connects Us with Christ. John loves teaching, being with his family, doing humanitarian work, learning Chinese, and performing magic. Additionally, you can find him on Facebook or Instagram for some short, fun, come follow me videos each week. John, thank you for joining me on the Silvering Podcast. We are grateful to have you with us. Thanks, Kimberly. It's great to be here. It's good to have you. So when we spoke earlier, you mentioned you recently came across and shared some quotes from President Nelson and President Ballard. So to get things started, will you share those with us? Yeah, um, and, and maybe you or, or other listeners have found these for a long time, but I just came across them. Uh, first one President Ballard gave in 2019, uh, but I just recently came across it. He said, every member of the church is entitled to and can develop an apostolic-like relationship with the Lord. And to me, that was a, a real kind of raise the bar moment to, because you sometimes think, well, you know, the general authorities, they're in a different league, and I just sort of have a, a normal relationship with the Lord. But here, Elder Ballard says, every member is entitled to and mm. can develop this apostolic-like relationship. And then there's some quotes from President Nelson that he's given over the past couple of years that just recently uh, really stood out to me. President Nelson said, as we seek to be disciples of Jesus Christ, our efforts to hear him need to be ever more intentional. Mm. It takes conscious and consistent effort to fill our daily lives with his words, his teachings, his truths. And then just one more again from President Nelson. He said, the more you learn about the Savior, the easier it will be to trust in his mercy, his infinite love, his strengthening healing and redeeming power. And, and there's more that we could add, but just this, this focus of learning all we can about Jesus Christ and being more intentional, not just with the gospel in general, but specifically with a focus on Jesus Christ. Mm, sure. And those quotes build on each other. It's that we have the opportunity to develop that, as you said, apostolic testimony of Jesus Christ and then the importance of that. I love that you shared that. Those, those quotes build beautifully on each other. And I understand these quotes were the impetus for creating a course that you're beginning next year. And I'm hoping you can share that with us as well. Yeah. So beginning in January of 2022, I'll be uh, releasing a video course that's called Seeking Jesus. And the whole point of the course is to focus our attention specifically on Jesus Christ. You know, even whether we're reading the Book of Mormon or the Old Testament, whatever scripture we're in next year's uh, or 2022, come follow me is Old Testament. Sometimes it's so easy to just focus on the storyline or get involved with the characters that we forget that the main focus 
is on Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so I, I wanted to create a, an avenue for people who, who were interested to really focus on Jesus. So, so the course is called Seeking Jesus, and it'll be available for free on YouTube. You can um, go and, and watch the video lectures that are associated with it, and there'll be some other learning resources, things that you can read that are associated with it, just as a way to help people focus on the Savior. There's a pattern in the scriptures, and you probably have noticed it, but in First in Nephi chapter 8, the vision of the tree of life, there's these four groups that all go to the tree, but the only one that stays at the tree is the group that falls down at the tree. And, and I noticed that when Jesus comes to visit the Nephites, the people fell down at his feet. And there's a pattern in the New Testament as well. Jairus, Mary, uh, the woman whose daughter has an unclean spirit. There's so many people in the scriptures, they fall down at the feet of Jesus. And so it just makes me think that in whatever ways we can, it's time for us to follow President Nelson's counsel and really learn all we can about Jesus Christ and to focus on him. Absolutely. You know what? You didn't know this before we began this podcast, but that imagery is one of my favorites from the scriptures is the people who have gotten to the tree and they fall down. And I've always, I've loved that imagery because to me, it's those persons who really and truly recognize the love of Jesus Christ. It brings them to their knees. And I love that imagery. And I love those other examples that you brought up from the scriptures. And again, it's, it's feeling that love that makes you want to have Christ at the center of your lives because it is humbling and it truly does bring you to your knees. So with that, my next question, John, is we all know that Christ should be at the center. What are some ways that Christ sometimes isn't central to Latter-day Saints as he should be? Well, I mean, that's, that's a good question. And, and probably the answer will you know be different. Like I'll share a couple ideas and maybe you'll think, wow, you know, John, you're out of, like, you are crazy. <laughs> this is, this is just you. Um, but, you know, just thinking about what you said of, of falling down at the feet of Jesus, it, it kind of makes me think about how we hear of people falling away. That's a phrase we use, oh, they fell away mm-hmm. from the church, but it, it's hard to fall away if you're falling at the feet of Jesus. And mm-hmm. here's like, to answer your question, here's like, here's a stereotypical example. If a young child comes to the pulpit to bear testimony, a fast and testimony meeting, they're gonna say, I wanna bear my testimony. What's the next phrase you think they'll say? Let's see, I wanna bear my testimony. I, I love my family. <laughs> Let's see, what else do they say? I know the church is true. So, I mean, and just like <laughs> right there, like those, yeah. those two things, I love my family, I know the church is true. and and believe me, I love my family. I also know the church is true. I'm not criticizing that. Right, right. But, but think about all of the verses that we know of Jesus Christ being at the center. Joseph Smith said that the fundamental principles of our religion are the testimony of the prophets and apostles concerning Jesus Christ, that he mm-hmm. died and was resurrected. Mm-hmm. Or Helaman 5.12, right? Build upon Jesus Christ, which is a sure foundation. And again, I, I'm not saying this to be critical, but that stereotypical testimony isn't focused on Jesus. It's focused on family and the church, which is good. But recently I had an experience where, so I'm in my forties and I was talking with uh, one of my mentors, who's uh, about a generation older than I am. He's in his sixties. And recently one of his children left the church and not only left the church, but completely left God and now, now is atheist. And my friend said to me, I wonder if, 
when we, meaning people, he, people in his sixties were teaching you people in your forties, we did such a good job focusing on the church is true that we didn't do enough to teach that heavenly father is real. Jesus Christ is your savior. He is enough. Mm. Um, because in this, in this case, he said, you know, I could understand that my son might be troubled about an issue with church history, but how could he leave Jesus? Mm, interesting. Yeah. So, to, so to kind of go to your question about uh, like, that's maybe that's an unfair example, but I think stereotypically um, we, we have this phrase, I know the church is true and the church is true and that's important, but shouldn't the most important thing that a child know and be excited to participate about is I know Jesus loves me. I know Jesus died for my sins. I know that I have salvation mm -hmm. through Jesus Christ. Sure. Uh, so that's maybe one small example. Another example that comes to mind is uh, think about a drawing of the plan of salvation. I don't know oh, yeah. what comes to your mind, <laughs> but you know, I start drawing circles and lines. And yes, I've, yes. I've done this a lot and with you know students. And you see that oftentimes Jesus doesn't even appear in a plan of salvation drawing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, he's not one of the circles. No, that's exactly right. Well, and 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 two things that I'm reminded of as I'm hearing you talking. One that President Nelson has stressed since becoming prophet, and that is that language is important. The name of the church is important. We are the church of Jesus Christ. That is important to accompany any conversation that we have about our name of the church, because like you said, Jesus Christ is the center. I've also heard him, President Nelson, say that when we speak about the atonement, Jesus Christ should always follow or precede that. It's the, the atonement of Jesus Christ, right? It's and so he really has brought this idea that Jesus Christ is central, and it's a very simple concept, which you're bringing up, which language is important. I know the well-meaning is there, but the language that we use is important, and I love that. And then totally on the plan of salvation drawings, yes, it's it's drawings of, of circles. And I do remember being in an institute course where a professor was up there, and he was sharing how someone was explaining to a non-member and drawing all these circles with a whiteboard and saying, yes, this is a plan of salvation. And it was like an hour long conversation. And the person who was sitting there, who was a non-member at the end said, hmm, yeah, I, I didn't think Christ was a part of your church. And I guess I was right. Mm. And the person just was in shock. I mean, his heart just dropped, right? What an eye-opening experience. And, and it stuck with me as well, because I'm thinking, yeah, this guy's rocking it. He's teaching the plan of salvation. He's doing a great job. But like you said, language is important. Christ should be at the center. So that's amazing. What else do you have? These are all really great, John. And, and I was going to say, in, in fairness, the, recently the Liahona has published some great images of the plan of salvation that do show how Christ is at the center. And, mm. and you know, to the friend in the Institute class who was doing all these circles, you know, when you get into it, Jesus is at the center. If you think about the, what does it take to go to the celestial kingdom, Doctrine and Covenant 76 specifically says a testimony of Jesus. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Christ is at the you know center of every part. It's just, do we, is that at the forefront of our mind? Right. Um, and another example mm -hmm. is the temple recommend questions. So recently President Nelson read all the temple recommend questions out loud in general conference. And it, I don't know, maybe five years ago, if you had said to me, hey, what does it take to go to the temple? I would have said, well, the law of chastity, word of wisdom, pay your tithing. And that, that is true, right? Those are mm -hmm. questions. Yeah. Uh, but recently I noticed that the first three questions all connect to Jesus Christ. The first question is, 
I'm paraphrasing, but it's something like, do you have faith in and a testimony of Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Ghost? The second question is, do you have faith in uh, the atonement of Jesus Christ and his role as your Savior and Redeemer? The third question, do you have a testimony of the restored gospel of Jesus Christ? So it's like each one of those first three questions is really centered on a testimony of Jesus Christ, his gospel, and the Godhead. Yeah. And that was something that kind of was sort of like an exclamation point to me to emphasize how important Jesus Christ is. And, and I was you know, not to minimize the importance of chastity and tithing. Those are all important, but the core is a testimony of Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I love that. I love that. And even I think simple things like hearing these children share testimony and even us sharing things, it's like, yes, I have a testimony and got to go to church and I have faith. I was in the Sunday school one time and we were talking about having faith and, and it was all this talk about faith, but it was like, wait, faith in what faith in who, right? It's like, we need to link these, uh, these phrases and these things that we talk about in the church to Jesus Christ. It's like, you have to have faith in Christ. You have to have a testimony of Jesus Christ, right? It's linking everything back to Christ. Yes. That's a, that's a great example. Um, what else do you have? I know you have more. These are all really great, John. Keep going. Don't stop. <laughs> so here, here's one that's been meaningful for me personally. Um, we often talk about the importance of scripture study and Scripture study is certainly important. Uh, sometimes in my life, and this might just say something about my personality, scripture study can become almost like a checklist. Like, yep, God, I'm trying to read 20 minutes a day. Check, did it. Um, a friend of mine said to me, what if instead of using the term scripture study, we use the term Christ study mm. to remind me why I'm studying the scriptures? Um, that, that reminds me of a, a famous passage. It's in John 5, 39. Jesus says, search the scriptures for in them, ye think ye have eternal life and they are they which testify of me. And a lot of times I've heard people use this verse out of context. They'll just focus on the first three words, search the scriptures and say, yeah, like Jesus is saying, we should search the scriptures right? and we should search the scriptures, but that's actually not what Jesus is saying. An alternate uh, translation might, might be helpful. The new living translation says you search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life, but the scriptures point to me. It, and it's that phrase um, in the King James, it's in them ye think ye have eternal life. We sometimes like gloss over the phrase that Jesus, when he's, he's talking to people who are so focused on the scriptures, they're thinking eternal life is coming from the scriptures, but he's like, you're missing the whole point. The scriptures are there to testify of me and I'm the one. Yeah. who brings you eternal life. So, so maybe that's an example and we could list many more, right? Um, going to be going to an elders quorum or release society activity, being a good ministering brother or sister, each of these could become an end to themselves, yeah. but they are all focused on Jesus Christ, helping us to be like him, point us to him, minister like him. And, and so maybe having some type of reframe in our mind with whether it's scripture study, temple attendance, or whatever other activity to say, okay, well, let's just remember the whole purpose of this activity is to point me and others to Jesus Christ. Is it doing that? Or have I somehow unfortunately gotten into a checklist mentality and I need to break myself out of that? Mm, that's a great way to check yourself. Yeah. Is this pointing me to Christ? Absolutely. Maybe one other I'll share, and, and I'm, I'm really curious to know what, what you think about this, because um, this is what I think where, 
where people might have differences of opinions. But I remember when I was 13 years old, I was in Sunday school and the teacher asked a question. I raised my hand and I said, Jesus. And that was the correct answer to the question. (laughs) But then one of my classmates turned to me and she scowled and she's like, John, don't say the word Jesus. That's disrespectful. And, and I was like, duly chastened, um, <laughs> you know, I didn't want to, didn't want to do that. And, and I think I, I understand what she was getting at in Doctrine and Covenants section 107, verse four, it talks about avoiding too frequent repetition of the name of Christ. I mm-hmm. wonder if sometimes that one verse plays an outside role in our language though. Um, let me just read, I'm just going to read a series of verses. This is first Corinthians, like they're all from all over New Testament. Call yeah. upon the name of Jesus. Whatsoever you do, do all in the name of Jesus. From the Book of Mormon, pray in the name of Jesus. Have faith on the name of Jesus. From the Doctrine and Covenants, believe on the name of Jesus. Be willing to take upon ourselves the name of Jesus. So in other words, yes, there's one verse that says we should avoid too frequent repetition. And I'm certainly not suggesting that we should be casual in how we use the Savior's name. Mm. But I think it's interesting that there's lots of verses that emphasize the importance specifically of the name of Jesus. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm just, I, I'd be curious in your thoughts. I wonder sometimes, are we so hesitant to use his name that we actually don't use it enough? Well, I mean, you shared that experience of you as a kid and I have almost an identical experience, right? Where I was, I was actually listening to a song and it wasn't, it wasn't like a church of Jesus Christ song, but it was from a Christian song and, or like hymn book or something. And I, and I heard the name Jesus and I was like, oh, that's a, that's a, this is a bad song. (laughs) And, and later on I've had to, I've realized like I've, I've remembered and I've recalled those experiences and I've thought, where did I go wrong? Like, because those songs were praising Jesus. They were calling upon the name of Jesus, basically everything that you just read in those verses. Right. But I, I had that similar thought, like, oh no, they said the word Jesus. And when I think about verses, you know, like we talk of Christ, we rejoice in Christ. Mm -hmm. Like you're saying, this isn't something that we should be casual about, but Christ should be a discussion and a common name that we are talking about in our homes. It needs to be, if we, we can't talk about and rejoice in Christ, if we don't say his name, I don't think, right. Because then we're talking about the church instead, we're talking about faith instead, but we're not linking it to Christ as we've talked about. One example we noticed uh, recently in our family had to do with family prayer. And this is probably just our family, but we, we noticed that in our family prayers, there was a lot of statements like we're grateful for this day or let's do to strengthen our body or help us to have fun. (laughs) There's a lot of prayers to have fun in our house, but, but we noticed that there was not a lot of mention of Jesus specifically Mm -hmm. like, and so that's something that my wife and I, once we became conscious of, we decided to try to start teaching a little bit better and modeling a little bit better, including Jesus Christ in our prayers um, and a, a greater focus on him. Sure. Sure. So this recognition that you and your wife had, this brings me, you know, to the next portion, maybe that we can start talking about how, not only what are the ways that we can learn of Christ? Well, maybe that's, you know, maybe that's the next question after this one, but like, how do you integrate Christ more into these conversations, into our discussions at church, into our home? You know, is it just having those moments? Wait a second. I've heard this prayer before. And Jesus's name still wasn't in it, right? What, what are your suggestions then? 
I think that a lot of our growth and progression comes when we become consciously aware of something in our lives that we weren't consciously aware of. So probably for some listeners, they're thinking this whole conversation is lame because I've been focusing on Jesus for the past 50 years. Like where yeah. have these guys been? And that's, that's great. That's amazing. Good. Yeah. Um, but there may be some people who now this is going to bring something to your attention. And so the next time you're listening to family prayer, you might be like, Oh, actually we're not as Christ-centered as we were. Or I scroll back and look at my past 20 social media posts and see like, did, does, do any of these talk about Jesus Christ? And, and I'm not suggesting that we have to focus on our prayer language or that you must post about Jesus on social media. But I think there's probably some indicators that we can look at. I love what church leaders have talked about um, speaking of Jesus Christ in normal, natural ways. You know, I don't think we have mm-hmm. to yeah. go about this. My, my son is serving a mission in Atlanta, Georgia right now. And from what he tells me in the South, it's just part of the natural language, at least in some communities to just talk about Jesus. It's not, yeah. it's not weird or strange. It's just like, Hey, you know, may the Lord bless you. And they really mean like yeah. they're, they're, they're sincere. It's sincere. And so yeah. could I bring some of that into, I, I don't, you lived in Tennessee. Was that right? Yes, we did. Yes. For, for I, like, I don't know if you noticed any of that in Tennessee. It's yeah, it's commonplace for sure. I mean, we were there during pandemic, so we didn't socialize a ton, but, <laughs> but, but it's so it's very commonplace. I've been to Tennessee a few times and you're right. It's it's just a part of the language there. Yeah. I love in this, like, I just want to take a second and recognize, you know, brother Jared Halverson talks about this. He says, holy envy. Maybe we can have some holy envy mm-hmm. for these other, um, other religious sects who talk about Jesus more frequently. And like you said, they are very sincere. You know, they, they really do mean it. And recently elder, Anderson talked in general conference and encouraged Latter-day Saints to do just that. He said, if the world as a whole is speaking less of Jesus, who will speak more of him? Mm. We will, along with other Christians. And, and like we've said that, that literally means directly linking things to Jesus Christ. Again, I speak more of him all the time. I told my neighbors, I went to church, I went to young women's or I did all these things, but no, no, no. We, we really do mean speak of Christ say his name, speak about him, link things to him. Yes. All great. This is amazing. Yeah. I guess I want to share one other thing, which hopefully can then lead into this next portion, John. So as we've been talking, I thought about this moment that really changed my life in my regard to my relationship with Jesus Christ. Someone invited me to take, I don't know, it was like three minutes, maybe like one minute. to just close my eyes and sit and ponder about Jesus Christ. And they said, I don't want you to do anything else. I just want you to sit there and ponder about Jesus Christ. Close your eyes. Don't think about anything else. And just think about Jesus. And I closed my eyes and, and I thought, I think I lasted for about 10 seconds. And then my mind started wandering. It was so eye-opening. I thought, wow, my personal relationship with Christ is not deep enough to even think about him for a solid minute. If you were to ask me to think about my mom or my husband for a solid minute, I could do it. Yeah, my husband, man, I love him. I love these characteristics about him. I love when he did this for me. I could think about him for a solid minute, but I couldn't think about Christ for a solid minute without my mind wandering. And I thought, I I need to learn more about Christ. He needs to be someone that I know personally. And that was a game changer. So I want to invite our listeners, could you do that? 
Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? And now, John, I hope you'll share with us some ways that we can learn more of Christ to develop this personal relationship. I love that invitation, Kimberly. That's a powerful experience. Thank you for sharing it. Yeah. Um, so I've been brainstorming and, you know, if I, in kind of random conversations or on social media, you know, I'll make a little Instagram post. What, what are some ways that you've learned more about Jesus Christ? But I'm not trying to say that these are the only ways, but let me just share some. Um, first, I think living prophets. We have these special witnesses of Jesus Christ. And there's a host of things, right? There's the living Christ. So I could take some time to read it, to ponder it, maybe even to memorize it. One of my favorite um, invitations from living prophets has to do with it's President Nelson's invitation to study every verse in the topical guide about mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So that's more than 2000 verses across 57 subtitles. Um, I took him up on this invitation when I moved to Jerusalem for a year. So I thought I'm, there's no temple uh, that I could visit in Jerusalem. So I'll kind of devote some of my normal going to the temple time to do this invitation. Yeah. And President Nelson had talked about how it was life changing for him. He said that he said, quote, I was a new man after taking this challenge. And I'm like, you know, President Nelson's been an apostle for decades. He's in his yeah. 90s. Like, but I found just an amazing spiritual power from taking this invitation from a living prophet. And there's, there's online printables that you can use to help you with this. There's a free app called Learn of Me that helps you do this. There's a book by Stephanie Sorensen where she's printed out all of the verses from the topical guide if you don't like flipping around. So there's lots of ways to do this invitation, but there's something really powerful about, again, if you're reading the scriptures, it can you can get involved in a different storyline, but if you're reading Jesus Christ come advocate, you'll just mm -hmm. see all these verses in a row about Jesus Christ as our advocate and new insights and ideas pop out about the savior. Yeah. yeah. As you learn more about someone or something, so say Jesus Christ, you then begin to see him more frequently throughout the scriptures, right? So learn about him and study those specific verses, but then I think you'll have an eye for seeing him more frequently, right? You'll be trained to say, oh, this is referring to Jesus Christ. Even though it doesn't say his name, Jesus Christ, it's referring to him. So it's developing that eye, right? To, to notice him. Yeah. And so we're kind of connecting these, these first two ideas. So living prophets and the scriptures. I, I bet many of us have done, uh, taken an invitation where we put a little red check mark next to every time the word Christ or one of his titles appears in the Book of Mormon. Mm, yeah. um, recently, I, I tried this, but I also added um, something to it. I looked for the pronouns as well. So for example, there'll be a lot of times where I, he, him is used in the Book of Mormon to refer to Christ. In fact, that if you do that, it about doubles the amount of references to Jesus wow. in the Book of Mormon. Yeah. Um, so, so that I think is another powerful way to, to, to learn all we can about Jesus. One that maybe some people haven't thought of quite as much is modern scholarship. Something that stood out to me recently was, you know, we often say the first two commandments are love God, love your neighbor. And that's true, but there's a little bit more, right? The first commandment is to love God with all your heart, might, mind, mm. and strength. And it made me think like, okay, how much of my mind am I using to love Jesus? Like, <laughs> I've worked hard. Like, I mean, you're a lawyer, right? You work super hard in your law school classes. You put your brain to work. Have I put my brain to work in a similar way 
about Jesus Christ. There are scholars who have devoted their whole lives to example on subjects like the parables of Jesus or the miracles of Jesus, the birth of Jesus, the death of Jesus. Um, and, and do we really engage with the scholarship? Recently, um, I read a book called The Archaeology of Daily Life, Ordinary Persons in Late Second Temple Israel. And you might think, well, you, you need to get some new hobbies because that did not sound fun. But it was super fun. It, it's telling you all about like, what did people eat at the time of Jesus? What did people wear at the time of Jesus? And learning some of these basic facts about daily life really gave me a new perspective on some of Christ's teachings. For example, in the New Testament, um, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, this is um, in Matthew chapter five, he said, or Matthew chapter six, he says something like, don't worry about the clothes you'll wear. Don't worry about what you're going to put on. And when I hear this as a 21st century person, I picture myself in my closet and Jesus is like, oh, don't worry about your outfit today. It's all good. <laughs> but in the time of Christ, um, what I learned from the book is that most people only had one pair of clothing. You had one tunic. That's it. Mm -hmm. And so when Christ says, don't worry about your clothing, it's more of a temporal worry because you only have one pair of clothes. They're expensive to replace. You don't have very much money. And now your one tunic has a tear in it. Right. So what Christ is saying is this thing that's really important to you in your life that you need and it, you're scared about it. Don't worry. I've got you covered. And all of a sudden that made me like, because I, honestly, I don't worry about what, like what clothes, like, will I have enough clothes? That's not a concern for me. I'm, you know, very spoiled in that regard. Hmm. But then I started to think like, what things in my life am I worried about? What things in my life do I feel like, oh man, I, I'm doomed. Things are not going good in this area. And then I can hear Jesus saying, don't worry about it. If God clothes the grass and helps, you know, the flowers be so beautiful, he's going to help you. Yeah. And so this passage of scripture became more meaningful to me because of modern scholarship. And that's, that's just one example of yeah. literally dozens of insights we could gain from thousands of pages of books that have been written just in the last 20 years of relatively new insights that people have learned. Yeah, that's so beautiful. It's making Christ more relatable to us in our lives today. That's what I hear as you're sharing that. Yeah, that's beautiful. What else you got? Well, you know, one that I think we can probably all connect with are our personal experiences. You know, so, so you shared a couple today and sometimes that those personal experiences might come as we're serving someone else. And we think of Jesus's teaching and as much as you've done it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. And I have this experience when I'm out serving, I realize, oh, like in this moment, I am connecting with Jesus hmm. through this other person as I'm serving them. Um, for some of those experiences are going to come, you know, in a dramatic experience at girls camp. Um, but often they're more subtle experiences. King Benjamin said, how knoweth the person, the master whom they have not served? And so if I want to get to know the master, Jesus Christ, there's, there's no shortcut around personal experiences. And those will often come through serving others. Sure, sure. Yeah, I love that. Do you have a personal experience that you want to share that was a way that you learned of Christ? Yeah. I mean, you probably um, have a ton. Pick one though. <laughs> one that stood out to me, and, and this might be a, a little bit of a silly example, but in second Nephi uh, 26, Nephi says, does Jesus say to anyone, depart from me? And then he says, no, but he invited everyone to come unto him. I remember um, a couple of years ago, we had a young child and I had 
I was putting everyone to bed. We have six kids, but everyone and everyone was in bed except for this one child who was about six or seven years old. And I really was looking forward to some downtime, wanted to, <laughs> you know, skim through the news and see what was going on. But this daughter wanted to tell me her story that she'd been thinking of. So I'm like, sure, I'll listen to your story. And she starts going and going and going. And it was this, it was a great story, but it was so long. And after about 10 minutes, I was just so tempted to pull up my phone. And I thought I can like listen with one ear and read with one ear. But I thought of this first, right? Does Jesus say to anyone, depart from me? Mm. And if I pull up my phone, does that communicate the message to my daughter? I'm not that interested in, in a way I'm kind of saying like, depart from me. So I listen, listen, listen. She finally wrapped up the story. She's like, dad, what do you think of my story? I said, honey, that is a great story. And then she said, dad, you are the first person to listen to my whole story. Oh. And I just felt now, by the way, I do not, I, I am not always a great parent. So this is, don't, <laughs> don't think like, wow, this is like, what a great dad. This is uh, that's why I remember this experience, right? It stands out. Yeah. But I thought, wow, I am so grateful that in this moment, I made the right choice and that I didn't metaphorically say depart from me. And, and that was an experience where I felt closer to the Savior as I, at least I, I hope, I think that I was doing what he would have done yeah. if he had been there. Well, and I love, I mean, if you're listening, if our listeners are hearing you, they're hearing you pull verse after verse and quote after quote from prophets of the church and apostles and scriptures. And I think the lesson that I'm learning from you this morning, that's, I mean, I've learned it before, but it's been reiterated by hearing you this morning is that the Holy Ghost brings all things to our remembrance, right? So as we are studying the scriptures, when we are in a moment where we need to be taught, the Holy Ghost draws upon the scriptures that we have already studied and that we have learned and brings them to our remembrance, just like that experience with you and your daughter, and a really important points just from our conversation that Christ and the Holy Ghost teach through these things that we have learned and that we have studied. And they bless us, not just in the moment that we are studying, but for the rest of our lives, these things will come back to us. I can't think of a more beautiful way to be taught than how Christ lived his life. I, I want to be reminded of how Christ lived during my life all the time. And that's why I love this conversation about learning stressing the importance of finding Christ at the center and learning about him more. Thank you for sharing that. That was it. I was, I was getting a little weepy. Our, our listeners can't hear that, but I have a daughter now. So those things just get me. So <laughs> that's a beautiful story. Well, Kimberly, I think it's only fair for me to ask you if you have an experience you can share. Oh man. One that comes to mind was when I was serving in a calling and I was feeling reluctant to do it and to do it well. On that day, I was feeling overwhelmed with what I had going on in my life, and so the thought of spending what I thought was my precious time, the little time I thought that I had to serve someone else, to do something for someone else, was giving me major pause and reluctance. So I consciously took a moment to pause and think about why I accepted the calling I had in the first place, and why that day I was being asked you know, even figuratively asked to do what I needed to do to fulfill the calling. The thought came that I was in my calling so I could help others feel the love of Jesus Christ and Heavenly Father. I was called to reach out, uplift, and serve so these efforts of love could represent 
and help others feel just even a small portion of the love that Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ have for them. So I reached out to this one sister in particular that had honestly been on my mind for a couple of days and I had been meaning to reach out to for a few days. We started a text conversation, pretty simple. And as I was messaging her, I felt an overwhelming feeling of love, not for me, but for the sister. And specifically, I felt our Savior's love for her. And so I messaged her and I told her just that. I said, I'm, I am positive that our, our Savior Jesus Christ knows you and that he loves you so much. And she, she replied that that day was a really rough day and that my reaching out and feeling love was just what she needed and a little miracle for her. So I left, I left just feeling like humbled that it had taken me a second to, to do my calling and to do it well, but reminded, reminded of the love that Jesus Christ has for me and for others. And I, I did feel closer to him um, because I felt how much he cares for each of us. So thanks for that opportunity, John. Uh, what's next? So let's, let's take a look at maybe another area or another way we can learn about Jesus Christ. There's three more that I'll, I'll just talk about briefly. Um, and to me, these are super fun. And I guess I didn't realize for a long time that these could count, uh, so to speak, for ways to learn about Jesus, but they're artwork, movies, and music. Mm. So if, if you think about artwork, um, there's so much amazing artwork about Jesus Christ. One activity that I love to do in class, and if you're a teacher, you might want to try this sometime. Uh, create a Google Doc that is open and like, anyone can edit and then put a QR code for that Google Doc and put it on the screen or, or send the link to all of your students and just say, find your favorite picture of Jesus Christ, copy and paste it into this Google Doc, and then we'll take turns looking at the pictures that each one of us have found and sharing why that's one of our favorite pictures of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And I never fail to both see new artwork and learn new things from hearing about it. Or, or the Church History Museum actually has some virtual Life of Christ exhibits. So you can go and look at dozens of paintings of Jesus Christ. And often there's a little explanation and other details about the paintings. Or if you're fortunate to live in a city with a museum, often uh, museums will have Christ-centered artwork. You mentioned earlier just taking time to ponder and think about Jesus. I think that's something that art mm. invites us to do. Yeah. And then if you know, or if you're really you know into art, you could kind of look around your home. I teach college students, and I'll often say to the college students, if I came to your dorm, you know, is Jesus there? Is there a picture of him? Some kind, you know, or do I just see Justin Bieber or whoever? <laughs> and um, yeah, and, and so I think artwork is just—it's a really fun way to engage with Jesus Christ. It's a simple thing, um, but it can make a big difference. Yeah. Another is movies. So one of my most powerful spiritual experiences um, came as a 19 year old in the missionary training center, watching the movie, the Lamb of God. Mm. And I just really felt the spirit wash over me and say, this is true. And for a long time, I the only movies that I watched about Jesus Christ were produced by the church. The church has produced some great ones, Lamb of God, the Testaments, Finding Faith in Christ, the Bible videos. But there are a host of other videos about Jesus Christ that aren't produced by the church. 
and, and recently I think a lot of Latter-day Saints have been watching The Chosen. So I, I love The Chosen. I think yes. that's yes. a great example of a way to connect to Jesus through movies. But if you're thinking to yourself, well, like I've already watched the first two seasons of The Chosen, so I guess I'm stuck until season three comes out. That is <laughs> totally not true. You know, there's the movie, The Gospel of John. It's available for free on YouTube. It's amazing. There's the movie, The Son of God, the Jesus movie, Jesus of Nazareth, the nativity story, The Chosen. I mean, there mm-hmm. are so many things that we can watch. And I, I mean, I think it's fun. Honestly, there's like probably a limit to if you've got, I don't know, teenage kids, there's probably a limit to how much time they'll spend reading scriptures with you on a Sunday afternoon, but maybe you could persuade people, Hey, let's, let's watch this movie, the son of God for a little bit. And I think that's a fabulous way to connect with Jesus Christ. Mm, Yep. I agree. Well, maybe one more that I'll, I'll just briefly mention is music. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you talked earlier about hearing a song and they were saying the name of Jesus a lot. And you're like, oh no, is this, is this oh, no. okay? Um, so there's, a, whether it's hymns, that's a great avenue with music to connect with Jesus Christ or music by Latter-day Saint artists. There's lots of that. There's also Christian music. There's also medieval music. If you want to go back and listen to some beautiful medieval chants. Or there's also contemporary music. Recently, I've been listening to Portuguese Christian music, and it's amazing. (laughs) Um, And it just like so uh, this this one particular song I've been listening to, it has more than 50 million. It's a Portuguese Christian song. It has more than 50 million YouTube views. And I'm just scrolling through the YouTube comments. And I don't I can't read Portuguese, (laughs) Um, but but I'll do a little bit of Google translating. And I'm just reminded, wow, I am part of this huge Christian community. It's not just me and my neighbors or me and a few people that I know. This is worldwide. People are devoted to Jesus Christ and and tapping into that through music. Mm -hmm. I think it's great. A lot of us probably have some type of Sunday playlist. Um, and, And maybe we've got this, but if not, maybe we could create a specific Jesus Christ playlist where the, all of the music is focused on the savior and, and listen to that from time to time. I love that. And I love those examples. They're unique and they're different. And we need to hear about those. We need to know that it's out there. It's not just, it's not just music put out by the church even, right? The chosen is, I mean, I think the church now has volunteered help and resources, but that wasn't initially put on by the church. And it's a beautiful depiction of the savior and his apostles and his time and preaching. And I just, I'm reminded of recently I've been watching all of the apostles have been publishing these short little videos about how they hear him. Hmm, Yeah. And each of these videos is unique. They're not the same. Each of the the apostles have, have shared a different experience about how they hear our savior, Jesus Christ. And I invite our listeners to think about when was a time when you felt like you heard Jesus Christ? Was it when you were looking at a painting? Was it music? Was it a movie? Was it reading the scriptures? I, you know, when I think back to my law school days, I do think about learning styles and, and ways that was, that were really helpful for me to bring in content and to remember it. And each of us has a learning style and each of us might have a learning style with the spirit on how we know and how we feel the spirit. We know the spirit speaks to us, you know, still small voice, quiet. We know that will always be consistent, but there are different things that we can do that really might speak and resonate more with us that might differ from somebody else. And that's okay. And when I hear you talking about all of these different opportunities and avenues to learn about Christ, 
I think it's important that we try them because something might really speak to us and teach us something different that we might not have experienced had we not tried a new avenue, right? Um, So I love that. Thank you for sharing all of those great resources and things. And I'm going to try and post as much as I can in the show notes, a lot of these resources that you have shared. Maybe I'll link to that Portuguese song on YouTube too. You will love it. Um, and I, and I've, I've actually created a little website um, where on this one page, I lit, like I have all of the ideas we've talked about and probably 20 more I've listed there with links to movies or links to playlists and links to President Nelson's invitation. So I, I can send that to you and we can put that in the show notes. Yes, that would be awesome. I'm sure our listeners would appreciate it, but I know I would. <laughs> so that would be great. At the end of the day, one of the things that I've that's really come to my heart is that there's so much to learn about Jesus Christ. I remember maybe as a, I don't know, kind of in my early twenties thinking like, well, I went on a mission. I went to seminary. I even read Jesus, the Christ. Like I pretty much have learned everything like I'm done, but to see like, there's so many different avenues and there is so much to learn. That's why I created the seeking Jesus course was just to hopefully provide one avenue to focus our time and attention on Jesus Christ But as we've kind of been discussing, there's so many ways that we can do it. And if you're a music person, awesome. Then you could literally have a multiple semester course on music focused about Jesus Christ. There's even if you just picked one of these areas, it's almost an endless amount to explore. Absolutely. Yeah. Plenty out there for us. Well, John, I I just want to thank you for sharing your testimony, your experiences with us on the Still Rowing podcast. And I want to echo your invitation to our listeners, you know, join John on his course next year uh, to learn more about Jesus Christ. And if not, I hope that you will find a personal way to learn about Jesus Christ and the love that he has for you so that you can have that power in your life. Really, when we feel the love of Jesus Christ in our lives, bringing it back to the beginning, it truly does bring us to our knees. It is powerful and it is full. Again, a special thanks to John Hilton III for joining our discussion today and for you for being a part of it. Thank you, listeners. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Still Rowing Podcast. For updates on episode releases and a little motivation, you can find us on Instagram at churchofjesuschrist underscore sr underscore podcast and on Facebook at churchofjesuschristsrpodcast. Also, if you enjoy this podcast, please consider rating and reviewing to help us spread the word about still rowing. Thanks for listening.